Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And if you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, this show is brought to you in part by Anytime Soccer Training. And it's a web application that hosts over 1,000 training videos and over 101 fun soccer games. And if that wasn't enough, we're adding hundreds and hundreds of skill challenges as well. And why are we adding so many skill challenges? Because not only am I a parent, the proverbial, not only am I a parent, but I'm also, no, not only am I the founder, but I'm also a parent who uses the product. And I guess this show is not going to give you a specific tip, but if I had to drop a specific tip, it would be when you're working with your child, rarely do you want to ask them to move faster, move faster, move faster. That is a losing battle. Instead, a better way of doing that is to challenge them um, in a fun way. And that's what we're building into the technology. So for example, if I want my son to do the figure eight drill, faster with his right foot he's left footed one of them is left footed instead of me saying you can go faster you can go faster i put on the uh, right foot only figure eight challenge video and it challenges him to get as past as many cones as he can and he has a has fun doing it especially when they're doing it again doing it against other kids because they see who can which one can beat the other one. So I encourage you to check out Anytime Soccer Training to learn more about what we do. We actually have challenges right there on the website. So you can do a juggling challenge, a ball master challenge, and we're adding a figure eight challenge to the, to the public website today. So now let's get on to the show. So this is hopefully going to be a very short show. And it's something that popped in my mind as I was reading several youth soccer blogs and, and reading some stuff on social media about the area of player development. And this is a topic that is talked about ad nauseum um, by coaches, parents, players, and, and soccer, youth soccer pundits. Rightfully so, because player development at, at its core is probably the most important thing in this whole youth soccer space. And so, but because of the way it's often talked about uh, at least the way I read it, I think from the parent trainer perspective, because this is one of, one of these shows where I want to share my perspective with other parent trainers who are weeding through all this information. From the parent trainer perspective, I think the um, uh, information is thrown out there, while it's great, can be a bit confusing. So what I want to do is offer my definition or how I define a player development from a layman's perspective. I am not an expert. I have not developed any children or teams long term, so you take this with a grain of salt, but I want to provide my definition as a layman's term, then I want to talk about an area where I think this matter can be a little bit confused, and then I want to punt it out to the experts to get their perspective, and this also was brought to me because a friend of mine uh, um, by the name of Coach Phil, and I hope I get Phil's last name right, Zayas, Zayas, Hope I get it right. He's going to do a series on player development, and I'm going to um, link that into this show notes 
when he's when he publishes it and then share it on the Facebook group because uh, I know he knows more about this stuff than me. He's actually done it. I'm just you know giving you some thoughts and theory, and then I'd be interested in hearing his perspective. And this is the type of content as parents we long for from our director of coaching coaches and our coaches out there. So if you got any information like that, please share it as well. So now the topic of this show is how do you or how do we define player development? Not how we should, not how we might. If I, if I ask you to get out a piece of paper and write down how you define player development, what would that look like? Now, before I give you my definition, let me give you another overarching way I like to think about things, which um, may be right, may be wrong, uh, but it just give you perspective. When people ask me to define something or people ask me to summarize something, what I tend to try to do is be as narrow and specific as possible. And then when practical, bolt on ways to measure it. So let me let me say that again. You ask me, you know, what's the history of the world? Or anything you ask me to define, I try to be as narrow as possible, as specific as possible, and then provide a way for you to uh, know or measure it when practical or know if these this narrow and specific if these narrow and specific conditions are being met or at what level these narrow and specific conditions are being met so if someone said to me neil how do i know what is a mammal now don't quote me on the biology i don't even know i'm just going to use this as an example i might say oh, a mammal is an animal with hair very specific is an animal and it has hair and so if you see an animal and has hair, then it's a mammal. What if it's in the water? Does it have hair? Then it's a mammal. So what if, what if it's flying? Does it have hair? It's a mammal. So those are um, um, this very specific. Again, you know, don't quote me on the biology. If you are a biology uh, person out there, then definitely email me and, 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 and help enlighten me because I don't actually know. The point of this is to say, this is a very specific, right? It's very narrow. And it's something that the person can go out and measure. Well, that's kind of how I like, that's the framework I like to use when I'm defining anything. And then what I do is layer on complexity and perspective to this core uh, definition. And so with that being said, if someone, asked, someone were to ask me how I define player development, especially in the context of youth soccer, then I'm going to give a very simple definition, which says, hey, it's the process of refining acquired skills, right? And innate talent or ability into on-field performance individually and within a team perspective. So, so let me, I said a lot there, so let me repeat that. It's a process of, and I should say, um, teaching and refining acquired skills and innate ability and talent into on-field performance individually and within a team concept, con, uh, team environment. So that is how I define player development. 
Now let's try to break that down really quickly into some of the big parts. Number one, it's a process. That in most processes can be replicated. So if, so if a person came to me and says, we're focused on player development, a logical question for me would be, what is your process? We talked about theory of change in the previous part. What is your process to develop players? Okay. Now, where I don't want this to get confused is your process. Number one, there's no right or wrong process. And the actual micro stuff that happens within the process can vary a lot. So, for example, part of your process could be we offer free play to all of our participants. Well, that is going to look totally different each year based on certain situations because you can't control how kids get together and play. Another part of your process could be we do preseason training right every year. And your preseason training could look totally different. If you receive kids who, you know, you've been with you three years, your preseason training may be a little different than kids who just joined on day one. So you start getting into the details of that process, but you pretty much have a sort of standard uh, process that you're pulling from. And I would venture to say everyone within your organization should have some appreciation of what that process is. Then we want to go pivot to teaching and helping the player acquire certain skills. So as an organization, I would imagine you would be able to list out, hey, these are the types of skills, technical, tactical. These are the skills. These, this is the basket of skills we need our players to be proficient in in order to perform at the level that we are expecting. And some of them we need to teach, and then some of them the kids just have been given as innately or a um, blessing from God, but that's a basket of skills that we need. And then we have a process within our larger process for helping them acquire those skills. And I happen to believe there's not enough time in a typical training week for a club to effectively um, teach and refine the acquired skills in order for them to reach the on-field performance you would expect. That's why I think either one or two things has to happen. Either the club organizes individual training for the player, the player organizes individual training for themselves, or the parents organize individual training for the player. And I think the parent then either has to pay somebody or do it themselves. And if they're following that very, very small 1% of parents out there who want to do it themselves, then that's where anytime soccer training focuses. And the reason I think the parent has to kind of do it themselves a little bit is because there's just, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there adds up as opposed to going to some kind of structured training thing. So that's a sales pitch on anytime soccer training, because I don't think within this larger process, the club can do it, but the club should provide opportunities for it to be done and the club should do it to some degree within their process and i think most clubs who are focused on this stuff effectively say there are some essential skills pass first touch receiving dribbling there's some essential skills that if you if you master these you can perform at a high level even if you don't even if you lack some of the individual creativity that we would like i think I think there's a balancing act there for many clubs. And we talked about it in Nate Town. 
And then I use a term very specifically, on field, not off field, on the field, on the pitch performance, okay? Now, I, notice I didn't say in practice. Notice I didn't say in games. Notice I didn't say in tournaments. Notice I didn't say winning or losing. On the field performance as an individual and as a team. I happen to believe a high level of on-field performance during games at a consistent clip will more than likely result in wins over more wins than losses. But there are other things that have to be factored in that we have to be aware of before we make any final judgments there. I happen to look at on-field performance at a more granular micro level when it pertains to, especially when it pertains to my child, but in the children that I work with and the children I observe. For example, as a proud dad, um, I posted a video of my son dribbling through some kids and then making a pass and then receiving the ball and scoring, right? And there's a couple of ways of looking at that. A parent, a parent from the club shared that video with me. So one is just proud parent period. Just, wow, good, man, so proud of you. You did so well. Another aspect of it is the whole big picture that he was able to control the ball in tight spaces, get around some kids and make a pass, whatever. But in doing that, you know, I don't, what level of the kids that he's playing against? They could have just been started soccer two days ago, right? So I would expect this of my son. So I can't read too much into that. And in the past that he received, you know, I was joking with one of my friends who watched it. It was more of a fluke. I think the young lady was trying to score and it just kind of bounced off and then went to uh, my son and he scored. So I can't read too much into that. It's the micro stuff that I'm looking at. So in that clip, my son, I think this clip couldn't have been much more than 20 seconds. I think it was like 10. And of that 10 or 15 seconds, 10 of it, he had the ball. So very, very short window of time. He checked his shoulder three times. He scanned the field three times in a few seconds before he received the ball. And that is what I'm actually most impressed about and what I'm looking for in terms of what my club is doing. Because I know I didn't teach him that. Now, the dribbling and going through everybody, the club does a lot of that, obviously. But I know I spent a lot of time on that. But when I start thinking about what did the club do that I didn't do, him checking his shoulder three times before he's receiving the ball comes from some innate ability, comes from him watching the game and blah, 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 but also comes from being in a team environment, in a club environment where this is emphasized. And so I, I really look at that micro stuff. And as an admonishment to our parents, um, on-field performance can is actually, I would even argue, you could even you can better gauge on-field performance by what they do in, in the training environment than the game environment. Because in most cases, the training environment is controlled to see if the child can perform uh, what the club is looking for them to perform in a very controlled environment. So in other words, don't get so caught up in the wins and losses in this regard, or even the big picture. Start looking at some of the sort of finer detail to see if the player is doing it and don't get too caught up into the format at which they perform, right? And I'm gonna do a show on, uh, 
called In Search of Unicorns, there seems to be a consensus, not a consensus, there seems to be a view out there in the social media space, in the blogosphere space, that there are all these kids who killing it in practice, but just can't get it to work in the games. I don't see that that often. There are kids who don't perform at their highest level in the games. And I think all parents think our kids can do a little bit better in the games than they're doing. But I don't see the man, you're 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 checking your shoulder three times in the in practice. You are making the right pass in practice. You are technical. And in the game, it all falls apart. I don't see that that often uh, in games. And, and we'll talk about that in another podcast. OK, so that is sort of how I define it. So I'm going to repeat it one more time and then we're going to go to the next thing where I think there's even more confusion. It's the process of of teaching and then refining acquired skills. Right. And then leveraging that innate talent and ability into on-field performance, individually and within a team concept. And I'm not going to talk too much about the team and how the team develop, develops, but I will say as the individual, you have to be able to coexist within a team and make your team better. That's part of the on-field performance. you on the bench when I was to stream five passes. You come into the game, we're able to string together five passes. We're on the bench, the back is shaky. You come into the game, central defender, now the back is solid. So, you know, how are you able to, how are you able to help not only individually, but help your team get better? That's part of what I'm talking about. Now, where I think there is a large, a lot of confusion that happens, at least from a parent who is reading this stuff, is mo many people, because the field of player development and the components of player development are so broad, many people offer very broad and nebulous definitions. And so what they do is they combine player development and sort of the on-field perform as their on-field performance results. They, they combine that with overarching child and human development. Now, strict definitions of children, of child development and human development, if you, if you Google that, you're going to get a lot of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not using it more in a strict definition sense, but I am saying there are things that I want my club to do just from a humanity perspective. I want my child to be happy. I want my child to um, learn ethical lessons. I want my child to work hard. I want my child to be a great teammate. I want my child's moral compass uh, to be good. I want my child to be healthy and have and learn a little bit about diet and nutrition and all that kind of stuff and growth mindset. All that stuff I want the club to help with, but that is a broader definition of player development. So if a player, if a if you ask a coach, you know, on social media or you ask a coach in person, you know, how are you defining player development? and they try to pack in all of that stuff, in my opinion, what you end up getting is a hodgepodge of buzzwords with no way of, of measuring it, what they're saying, or holding anyone accountable. And finally, a lot of this hodgepodge of stuff, and I don't think they mean anything bad, bad by it at all, at all but kind of falls into the responsibility buckets 
of other stakeholders in the child's life. And that's a fancy way of saying, you know, the parent. So, you know, growth mindset, right or wrong, diet, overall health, a lot of that falls into my responsibility. And I'm sharing some of that responsibility with the club, right? But a lot of that falls into my responsibility. And then the same thing, some of that stuff falls into the teacher's responsibility and the school's responsibility. So my child's ability to process information, that's some of the club needs to help with that, but some of that stuff is what, what's happening in the classroom. And then some of that stuff is what's happening at home. Am I exposing them to books and information or am I just allowing them to zone out on the um, Chromebook all day? And so then if it's, if it's, if it's a collaborative effort of, of stakeholders that are within the club and stakeholders outside of the club, then how do we hold anyone within the club accountable for anything if we use these very broad definitions? So I would posit that, you know, if I was a club trying to speak to parents, I would come up with sort of, even if I have to come up with three or four, I would come up with very narrow, a very narrow soccer specific definition, okay? And then explain to the parents that the ultimate outcomes are influenced by these other things that we don't have, we don't necessarily have control over. And if you're inclined, this is where you can help or this is what you can stop doing because it's impacting us in this way. So I don't wanna to go too long on that, but that's where I think a lot of confusion um, comes in because there are a lot of moral and ethical right, correct stuff thrown into these definitions. But then you're left saying, okay, well, how am I going to know if the player is actually meeting those expectations? Because there's no way of measuring it. And so then we get, and the final point I'll make, and I don't know if I made this point earlier, but then that process then definitely has components. In, develop, in development, there is going to be a rubric that players, that coaches and, sorry, that clubs can publish that then say, all right, within this rubric, we say um, skill acquisition, we're expecting blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, in terms of soccer IQ, we're expecting blah, 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 blah. That can be a rubric that you can um, develop to help people get, a, especially your employees, get a little bit more um, detail on sort of what the expectations are in context on why we're doing certain things. But I would still admonish our club directors and our coaches, and this is just, again, me giving my opinion, to try to be as narrow, specific, and measurable as possible first, and then layer on uh, complexity and areas that are beyond your control next, and then summarize it by saying um, there are these components, and if we can get all this stuff right, we'll, we'll have a whole, a whole child who happens to be very good at, at football. So that is my opinion. That is one area of confusion that I see as a parent reading a lot of soccer content. And if you made it this far, I would love to hear your opinion. I promise not, I promise not to badger you too much on Facebook. Um, I know you guys are like, this guy's crazy. So I promise not to badger you too much on Facebook, even though I will 
challenge you. That's just how my personality, no offense. I would love to hear if you had to, if you were in a room with, so here's the, here's the challenge. You're in a room with 30 parents who are joining your club or thinking about joining your club. And they ask you, what is, how do you, how does your club define player development? And you got two or three sentences to respond. What are you saying to these parents? And, it, and the answer could be, I don't want to define this thing because it will be so misleading. And if that's your answer, then let me know that too. Or it can be, we define player development as X, Y, and Z. I would love to hear what your two or three sentence um, take is on player development or on defining player development. All right, so this is Neil Crawford, founder of Anytime Soccer Training. Definitely check out anytime-soccer.com. Take one of the challenges that's on the website. Join the mailing list. We'll send you more content like this. Let's get better together.